First they say they will. Then they won't. First they said that they'll do it. And then they don't. Some say, I'll stick with you in thick and thin. And when things get a little thick, they thin out. Welcome to Concepts for Living. This service is coming to you from the Chapel of the Anointing. We invite you to stay tuned for a life-changing word. Hi, and welcome once again to Concepts for Living. It's a privilege to come to you with more concepts from God's Word. Concepts to help us in contemporary living. In this particular message, I'll be addressing the theme, Faint, Yet Pursuing. Stay tuned. You will be blessed. Open your Bibles up as you stand together with us. And let's consider this word, Judges, chapter 8. I begin at verse 4. And Gideon came to Jordan and passed over. He and the 300 men that were with him faint, yet pursuing them. And he said, Unto the men of Sokoth, give, I pray ye, loaves of bread unto the people that follow me, for they be faint. And I am pursuing after Zeba and Zalmunna, kings of Midian. Look at someone and say to that person, faint. Yet pursuing. Faint. Yet. See the phrase? Faint. Yet pursuing. Shout that out. Faint. Yet pursuing. You'll see what the Holy Spirit's going to say. There is a contemporary relevance in this pragmatic three-word phrase, faint, yet pursuing. Exhausted, weary, tired, weak, yet pursuing. Now, most Bible readers are acquainted with the character by the name of Gideon. Gideon, the man who God looked upon as a mighty warrior. And what you will find is that this mighty warrior was really a man whose name was indicative of his calling. His name is Gideon, and Gideon means he that bruiseth and he that cutteth down. He's a son of Joash, 
of the tribe of Manasseh. And if you look into the earlier chapters, you'll see that he was an obscure farmer. One that was found thrashing wheat. And yet God saw in him a mighty deliverer of the nation from its enemies. This man, Gideon, humble, industrious, God-fearing, and even modest. He estimated himself as the least in his poor family. I think it's succinct and very powerful that he would say, Behold, my family is poor, and I am the least in it. Humble. But God viewed him as a mighty man of valor. God saw him not as he saw himself. God saw him as what he had made him to be. Boy, if people could just realize that. That we are not what people make us. We are what God created us to be. He was a chosen vessel to deliver Israel from her menacing enemies. I agree with the words of Herbert Lockhart. You might know him. He's a masterful author. If you listen to his particular sentiment in regards to how God calls people, listen to what he says, and I quote, History teaches that obscurity of birth is no obstacle to noble service. In other words, don't base my achievements on where I come from. Don't, don't value me on the basis of what you see me in the midst of. God chose him. I said God chose him. If you and I were waiting for somebody to choose us, I'm telling you, we'd be in big trouble. Because first of all, they're going to start thinking about the family you came from. Then they're going to look at the degree that you either earned or don't have. They're going to be evaluating you on the basis of human terms. But I'm so glad this morning that when God sets his eye on somebody, it's not based on what people think about them, neither based on their context. God declares that I see you as a mighty man of valor. And so there's dialogue between him and God. And the dialogue would go very much like this. I've chosen you. Yeah, but God, I'm not worthy. I've chosen you, but God, I'm not able. I've chosen you, but God, I don't know how to do it. You picked the wrong person. No, God says, I have chosen you that I might deliver my people from their enemies, the Midianites. 
And so now he begins to listen carefully because he's observed the oppression of his people. He's seen the menacing attacks of the Midianites as they would come and ravish out the community of Israel time and time again. Now God is saying, I'm getting ready to put an end to this. When God gets ready to put an end to some things, he chooses people. You may not observe it, but God is choosing somebody right now to put an end to some things. Midianites are now about to be addressed by an anointed leader. And so the Bible says that as he is now moving into a listening mode, because sometimes we just don't listen to God. We're so busy telling him what we want him to do and telling him how we want him to act until we don't listen to him. I want somebody to listen to God today. And so notice this. He is now standing in the midst of a host of people. 32,000 of them gathered themselves around him. And after they gathered themselves around him, and he began to say, now, everybody that's going to go with me into battle, if you have any fear, go home. And the Bible says that 22,000 went home. That left him with, now watch this now, with 10,000. Now, what's God going to do with 10,000? We would look in our human estimation at the larger number that left. Oh, God. And then look at the lesser number that stayed. And we would see failure stamped all on it. I want to tell you this morning that there are times that God gives specific reductions in what you have thought you needed to have before he begins to work for you. And a lot of us don't understand that what God is doing many times with us, he's just reducing. He's just reducing. He's just reducing because when he reduces down to what you don't see possible, that's when God says, now that's what I'm talking about. The three points of this message, the fainting, the factors, and the finishing. Stay tuned. There are some enemies that have been on your track that will always be on your track. There are some situations that you got freedom from, but it was only for a period of time. And it's coming right back again. Anybody understand what I'm saying? And that's why you have to deal with the Amalekites and the Midianites. And when you get through dealing with all that mess, you get weary. You get tired. You get faint. And then, if you think that's all, he had to deal with the Ephraimites, Midianites, Amalekites, Ephraimites. Look at how chapter 8 begins. It says, And the men of Ephraim said unto him, Why hast thou served us thus that thou couldest not when thou wentest to fight with the Midianites 
and they did chide with him sharply. Another word is contended with him. And watch this now. And he said unto them, what have I done now in comparison to you? Is not the gleaning of the grapes of Ephraim better than the vintage of Ebiza? Now watch this. This is very important, folks. You ready? This is family. This is family. Because don't forget that, watch this now, Gideon was of the tribe of Manasseh, who was Ephraim's brother, who were Joseph's two children that he had in Egypt. Oh, Jesus. Start making progress in your life, and families start coming out of the walls. Get a little something, something. And all this family shows up. Your greatest battle will not be with the Midianites and with the Amalekites, but it will be with your family. And they're chiding him. And they say, how come when you were going out to do battle with the, with the uh, uh, Midianites, you didn't call us? How come you didn't let us be a part of this? How come you went on your own and done what you did? Like you're some superstar. Well, come on now. You got to know. I know you. I used to watch you when you were coming along. Family, family, change your life. Decide to live better. Decide to serve God. And just because you do that, somebody walk up there. I don't know where you think you are. Oh, you ain't saying nothing to me. So now he's dealing with family. If you want to get worn out, <laughs> if you want to end up fake, start dealing with family problems, family issues, stuff that grandma and grandpa didn't deal with, attitudes and spirits. Because you advance, they're mad. Because you achieve something, they're mad. Your own family won't celebrate with you. Instead of celebrating, they're chiding him and contending with him. I know what I'm preaching this morning. And what you've got to understand is that your worst enemies can be your family. Well, I sincerely trust that you've been blessed and inspired by this message. And to remember, persistence pays. Pressing through. Pays. Don't worry, you will experience a tremendous finish. So until next time, we shall come to you with more concepts for living. May God bless you and yours. Thank you for viewing Concepts for Living. If you would like a CD, DVD, or download the entire message, go to our website, www fcogchapel.org. We would like to hear from you. Please send an email for prayer or send a praise report on how God is blessing you through this program. We invite you to join us again for another Concepts for Living.